Thank you for the perfect blood of Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God. The priest is not looking to the worshippers, looking at the perfect Lamb. And because the Lamb was perfect, we are perfect by God's grace. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ that will never lose its power. Amen. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this afternoon, this evening. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again. Few may be numbers, but uh, the Lord is here and is the one who makes the difference. Amen. Pray as well for the special meetings and God is leading. Thank you for the service morning. It was certainly a blessing. Thank you, musicians. God bless you richly. It's a nice atmosphere this evening. God is good. The place called there, that's where we want to be. There's only one place where we can worship, it's in Christ Jesus, amen. As the pastor said, it's not a geographical location, it's not in Jerusalem, it's not another place, but it is in Christ, amen. That's where we want to be found. May God bless your servant. It was certainly a blessing. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this evening. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you again to be in the house of the Lord this evening, to have a time of fellowship around the revealed word of the hour. Father, we are such, pri- such privileged people, Father, to, to be gathered around the word of God and to have fellowship one another, but also have fellowship with you. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ that has cleansed us, that is washing us, Father. That blood that will never lose its power, that blood that is still low there, valid, the blood that's still at the mercy seat, Father. Without that blood, Lord, we wouldn't even have permission to come boldly in the presence of God. But because of the bleeding word, because of the blood of Jesus Christ that is still there, Lord, we are coming humbly before you, Lord, with the assurance that when we confess our sins, you forgive us, Lord. When, Father, we come in the presence of praying, Lord, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, you don't see us, but you hear our voice. As the same Lord Jesus Christ himself praying, Father, what assurance in our heart, Lord, to come with not the blood of the bulls and goats, but the blood of the Lamb of God. The prophet says it's not the blood of the Gentiles, it was not the blood of the Jews, but it was the blood of God himself. The created blood, the created life inside of that cell. Lord, we thank you, Father, for that, Lord, as we are coming this evening, Father, Lord, we want to hear from the throne of God. The voice makes a difference. Speak to our heart, Father. The Holy Spirit feeds only on the word of God, and we want to feed from you, from the bread of life, Father. Increase our faith. Remove the doubt. Remove the fear. Remove anything that might hinder the presence of the Holy Ghost. We desire a closer walk with you, Father. That's why we come here. May you speak to our heart once again, and you know the need, Father, for each individual, whether it might be financial need, might be the need for the healing. Father, remember those 
was sick, Father, Lord. Brother Jerry, as well, Lord, who went to the operation. May you remember them, Father, and touch them in a special way. We thank you for Golgotha. We thank you for Calvary. By your stripes, God, we are already healed. Past tense, the prophet says. Lord, we love you and appreciate you and commit everything in your hands. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I invite you to go to the Word of God and welcome the visitors, the presenting and regulars. And let's go to the Word of God this evening. Romans 8, familiar scripture. Try not to be long this evening if I can, but... Romans 8, 14 to 17. For as many as, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. May God bless the reading of his word. You can have your seat. As a continuation of the thought that I studied last time, I would like to talk this evening about uh, the Spirit itself, or the portion of the Scripture there in verse 16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. I put the title, the Spirit himself bears witness. The Bible is so clear there, and I would like to talk some of my thoughts, and most of my thoughts, you recognize it. It comes from the message, what is the Holy Ghost? That message, a prophet says, we are trying to bring our people into a better fellowship with Christ. That's our purpose. So the purpose of the message is to bring us to a better fellowship with Christ. And he said again, I want to enter into this, I want you and I have asked you to burn every bridge that's behind you and make every sin right, that we are coming into this with all that in our heart and lives. We must come here for the sole purpose of getting our souls ready for the coming of the Lord and for no other purpose. But believe that what the message has come to do is to make us ready for the coming of the Lord. There's no other better purpose than that is to make us ready for the rapture. Amen? Do you love the Lord? Say, yeah. Amen. The question I want to answer this evening is the following. Does the Spirit bear witness? Definitely. And how does the Spirit bear witness? The Bible says it's the Spirit itself that is doing that. It's the Spirit that is bearing witness. It's not you or I doing it. It's not the preaching bearing witness and convincing you that you are the child of God, but the Spirit himself that will convince you that you are a child of God. 
It has to be the Spirit himself who has to bear record and convince you that you are a child of God. So don't wait for the deacon to testify to you that you are a child of God. Don't wait for the pastor to tell you that you are a child of God. Don't wait for the preacher to tell you that you are a child of God. But let the Holy Spirit himself tell you that you are a child of God. Because no matter who or another person can try to tell you, if it's not the Holy Spirit that is telling you that, then you can never have perfect faith. Because it will be, you'll be relying on what someone else says, but it has to be the Holy Spirit himself, himself telling you personally that you are a child of God. You are a son or a daughter of God. That's what the scripture says. And the Bible, the prophet says, and the message says, you cannot come. I would like to just to give a little bit of definition of what the prophet says. What is that spirit? What is that spirit that has to tell you that you are a child of God? The prophet says, you cannot come and receive the Holy Spirit unless you know what it is. I believe it's the same thing. You cannot receive the message of the hour unless you know what the message of the hour is. You cannot say, I'm a message believer unless you know what is the message, what the message is. Otherwise, we'll be asking you, what are you believing in? What do you believe? You have to know what the message is. You have to know what the message is, and the prophet says, you cannot receive it if you know what it is unless you believe it's given to you. You cannot receive the message of the hour unless you know that it has been given to you. Unless it has been given to you, and the prophet says, unless it's for you. And then you cannot know whether you've got it or not unless you know what result it brings. You have to know the result that it brings. If you know it, if you know it, what it is and who it's to and what action it brings when it comes, then you'll know that you've got when you get it. That, see, that's just what settles it. So as I say, that the same thing that applies to the message of the hour. You have to know what it is. You have to know that it belongs to you. Malachi 4 is not only for Brother Barnum, but he said, I will send you, Elijah the prophet, you. You and I, we are part of that promise. We know that it belongs to us. We cannot receive the message unless we know what the message is. We cannot receive the message unless we know the result that the message is going to produce. The message has to produce a result, amen. It cannot produce the same result as the denominations are producing. It cannot produce the same result as we cannot be in the message and expect to be everybody to be speaking in tongues and no interpretation. That's not part of the, that's not the message, that, that's not the aim result or the purpose result. The message is here to produce sanctified life. The message is here to produce perfect love. The message is here to, pro to produce body change. The message is here to produce perfect love and perfect faith. The message is here not only to increase our knowledge, but the message is here to give us the revelation of who Jesus Christ is and who we are in the Word of God and the portion of the Scripture that we have to fulfill in our time. That's the result that the, that the message has come to bring. The message has a certain result that has to produce in the bride of Jesus Christ, she has to be the expression, the reflection of Jesus Christ himself. She is him. That's what the message comes to do. Amen. You know that. But if there is no love for one another, you can say that I have received the message and, and I know what the message is, but if there is no love for one another and if there is no love for God, there is something wrong somewhere. 
the message is Christ. The seals are Christ. The opening of seals is, is Christ himself. So if it is Christ, the same spirit that was in Christ, if the same spirit is in the bride, the bride has to live the same kind of life that Jesus Christ lived. Amen. So it's the revealed word of the hour that creates such great love for the word of God and the brothers. I believe the message brings a greater fellowship with God. The message brings the earnest of the resurrection by seeing lives being changed, putting this body into subjection to the word of God. That's the message, and that's what the Holy Ghost comes to do. We have seen so many types of the evidence of the Holy Ghost in the religious realms. You are all familiar with that. And I'm just not going to quote what the prophet says. The Holy Ghost is not, you don't get the Holy Ghost by shaking hands. You don't get the Holy Ghost by belonging to a church. That's not that. It says, well, all the rest of you, when you talk about eternal life, they belong to the Anglican church, or they belong to this, or the other belong to the church. You don't have nothing to do with it. You belonging to the church don't mean that, don't mean that with God unless you are born again. There is only one church and that them that are born into the body of Jesus Christ by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, my brother, there is only one way to get into Christ. That's not by shaking hands, neither by water baptism, by sprinkling or by stop eating meat or by keeping Sabbath days. By quitting, smoking, and chewing, and drinking, swearing, all these things that are not the way into Christ. Actually, smoking cigarettes and drinking whiskey, or running around with the other, with women unlawfully, and all these things that you do, that's not sin. It's only the attribute of sin. But sin is the unbelief. God does not condemn the, the, the sinner because he sins. He condemns the sinners because he's refusing the way of escape. He's refusing the way of being changed from sinners to become a, a really believer in the word of God. That's what it is. Amen? So the Holy Ghost, when you have the Holy Ghost, there is a vast... It, when you have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost makes a difference. The Holy Ghost makes a separation. There is a vast difference between just a Christian and a Holy Ghost-filled Christian. Now, that we are going to get into the scripture, the prophet says, and place just exactly in the scriptures. The first place, there is a Christian professed to be a Christian, but if this Christian has not, if this Christian has not yet been filled with the Holy Ghost, is only in the process of being a Christian. See, he's professed to believe it, he's working to it, but God has not yet given him his spirit of the Holy Ghost, so he's is not to reach that goal with God that God has recognized it. In other words, he's saying, you know, if you have not had to receive the Holy Ghost, no matter where you are, at what stage you are, you are just in the process of being a Christian. You are just in the process of recognizing that you are a son and a daughter of God. But what is the Holy Ghost? What is the Holy Ghost? The circumcision is a type of the Holy Ghost. God gave Abraham the circumcision sign after he had accepted God in his promise and walked, into, walked out into a strange country. See, it was a sign, and all his children and his seed after him should have his sign in their flesh because it was a distinction. It was a separation them from all other people, this sign of circumcision. That's what God uses today. 
It's the sign of circumcision of the heart, the Holy Spirit that makes God's church a separate church from all other creeds, faith, and denominations, and of course. So the Holy Ghost is a sign, as a sign, the sign of circumcision is a type of the Holy Ghost. I'll say the Holy Ghost is the circumcision of the heart. No one can see the heart, but inside the heart, the person knows that I have been circumcised in my heart. I have been circumcised in my heart. My work is different. My affections are different. My desires are different. The circumcision is a process that is irreversible process. As, as I've been circumcised, I cannot go back to the world anymore. I've been changed completely. I have been transformed. My desires have been transformed. I cannot go back to the same things anymore, no matter what. The Satan will try to tempt me from time to time, but I've been a different person. There is a separation. I'm dead to the things of the past. I cannot go back to the world anymore. No matter it may be one year, two years, 30 years, or 43 years, as Brother James said this morning, 43 years still serving the Lord on the ups and downs because he cannot go back to the world anymore. He has been completely circumcised from the heart. Amen. It's an irreversible process. The Holy Ghost makes you different. You are so different when the Holy Ghost comes on you until the mind of this world don't like the, the, the mind of this world don't like you. They are against you and they don't want nothing to do with you. Actually, you also don't want to do nothing with the world and the things of the world. The prophet says, You are born of another world. I'll say this, you are not a Canadian, you are not a German, you are not a Congolese, you are not a Zimbabwean. Once you receive the Holy Ghost, you are a different person. You behave differently. You, you are connected to the heavenly kingdom. You don't behave like the other world people, people behave. You have lost the privileges of being an American. You are completely a son and a daughter of a God. We ask the Holy Spirit will make you live the way every other Christian has to live. You cannot have a Canadian Holy Ghost. You cannot have a Zimbabwean Holy Ghost or Congolese Holy Ghost. This is the way we do in our country. That's not the Holy Ghost. There's only one type of the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ himself. It says you are just as much an alien, ten times more alien you will be if you go in the farthest flung regions of African jungles you are different when the Holy Ghost comes. It's a sign, it's a mark among the people. That's the Holy Ghost that will testify to you that you are a son or a daughter of God. As you will see later, it's not only about the sanctification stage, which is a very important work of the Holy Ghost, but it's about the word of the hour that will make you recognize that you are a son of God. The Spirit itself will bear record that you are a son or a daughter of God. So we talk about many different evidences of the Holy Ghost. One of the evidence of the Holy Ghost is in what is the Holy Ghost. It says, when we are in Christ, we become Abraham's seed and we are heirs with Christ. Therefore, no matter who we are, Jew or Gentile, the seed of Abraham, the seed of Abraham as the faith of Abraham, who takes God at his word. 
regardless of how ridiculous it seems, how unusual you act, how peculiar it makes you, you take God at his words, regardless of anything, it makes you do things that you didn't think you will do, it makes you take God's promise and believe God. Notice here, the Holy Ghost makes you take the word of God, God at his word, and he makes you take God's promise and makes you believe God. Does not only make you believe in God, but it makes you believe God. There's a difference between believing in God, many people believe in God, but do you really believe God? That whatever you said is the truth. You don't need to understand it. You don't need to interpret it. You don't need to figure it out. But the Holy Ghost inside of you can, ne- can only say this is nothing else but the truth when it comes from the Word of God. That's the evidence that you have the Holy Ghost. When you can say amen to the every word of God, no matter how, whether you understand it or not, but the Holy Ghost reveals to you that it's the truth. You might not explain it even in language, in human language, but you know inside of you that is the truth. No one can give you that revelation. Only God can give you that revelation. That's what we are talking about. The Holy Ghost is not a myth. The Holy Ghost is a person. In Abraham and his seed after him, the prophet says, How many understand that when he was El Shaddai, that he gave his own strength into Abraham, he never done nothing but made him promises, promises, but here he is emptying himself out into Abraham. Literally, the prophet says. How many knows that? Well, that was the Holy Ghost. Justification, what you believe. Sanctification is what the blood did for you. You are sanctified by believing. But when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, it's the person of the Holy Ghost himself. Or the person, not imagination, not some kind of psychology, but the person of the Holy Ghost. And to you, my Christian science brother, you don't, you that don't believe that he is the Holy, that the Holy Ghost is a person, he is a, he is a personal pronoun. The Bible said, when he, the Holy Ghost, has come, he will testify of me. He is a person, not a thought. Might think that the Holy Ghost is a thought, the Holy Ghost is an imagination, the Holy Ghost is a sensation, the Holy Ghost is an emotion. No, the Holy Ghost is a person, is a reality, is a person. He talks back, you talk to him, he talks back to you. He bears record to you, he speaks to you, he convinces you, you talk with him, you walk with him. He's a reality, he's a, he's a person, he's the life of Jesus Christ. He's Jesus Christ in the spirit form. He's a, rea- he's a person, amen. He's not a different person from the Father. He's not a different person from Jesus Christ. He's the same and only person, and you have to have that relationship with him. He's a reality. You live with him. You walk with him. That's where the message has to come to you. You have to feel him. You have to be around him. It's not the message. It's not just a conception, imagination, or this like a kind of philosophy we are trying to follow. No, it's a, it's a life with Jesus Christ. It's a walk with him. It, 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 you feel it. Or you, when something is wrong, you feel that he's not happy. You, it, it's a life with him. Those who are believers understand what I'm talking about. It's a reality, man. John 14, 16, 19 says, And I will pray the Father that he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. 
Is he abiding for us only for one week or only special meetings? No, he's abiding with you forever. He's walking with you. He knows your situation. He's, he's walking with you. When you talk to him, he talks back to you. He's faithful. He's a reality. I will send you the comforter and he, that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither know him. So he's a person. But you know him, he's talking to the disciples, but you know him for he dwelleth with you. Right there he was there. He dwelleth with you. The same Jesus Christ, now he will come back in the form of the Holy Spirit. And he shall be in you. I will not leave you, I will not leave you comfortless. Oh, I love those. Those are precious words of the promise of Jesus Christ that we should never neglect or take or belittle them. That's so real. It will never leave you comfortless. I will come to you. <laughs> Glory to God. I will come to you. And yet a little while and the world see me no more. But ye see me because I live. You shall live also. How many believe that those promises pertain to you? Because he lives, you shall live also. No matter what the enemy will try to put you on the way, because Jesus Christ lives, I will live as well. In the future home of the heavenly bridegroom and the heavenly bride, the prophet says, just like all the curse of sin is gone when the Holy Ghost accepts you. See, you don't accept it. It accepts you, see, because it's God's attribute. Sometimes we think, oh, we think that, oh, I'm going to accept the Holy Ghost. No, it's the Holy Ghost accepting you. It's the Holy Ghost receiving you because you are God's attribute. He can never lose you. He will not lose you. He will accept you. He receives you. He accepts you. It's the Holy Ghost that accepts you. You don't accept it. It accepts you because it's God's attribute. See, it's the Holy Ghost means God's spirit. If the attribute, the thought of God has accepted you because that you were ordained for that purpose, see, yet you were born in sin, but God had had that attribute, and here you express yourself here on earth, and he comes down and he gets you. See, you are back here, here, here is where you belong. That's where you belong, amen. The Holy Ghost is also a seal. As Ephesians 4 30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of adoption. I'm going to have to get a little bit hard on this now. Lay down, you legalist brethren, you hold quiet for a little bit, prophet. <laughs> See, did you notice how long that seal lasts? Not till the next revival, until the next time something goes wrong, but it's until the day of your redemption that how long you are sealed. Until the day of redemption, when you are redeemed up to be with God, that's how long the Holy Spirit seals you. Not from revival to revival, not from eternity to eternity, but from eternity to eternity, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit seals you, it's not only from convention to convention. The Holy Spirit, when he seals you, you are sealed in him forever from eternity to eternity. 
That's when the Holy Spirit it is. It's a seal of God that's found you, found grace in his sight, and he loves you, and he, believe, and he believes you, and he put his seal upon you. What a seal, he says anyone. Why? A seal designated means a finished work. Amen. God has saved you, sanctified you, cleaned you up, found favor with you, and sealed you. It's finished. I like the way he's saying, it's God, 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 God. God saved you. God sanctified you. God filled you with the Holy Ghost. God seals you. God takes care of you. God take, does all the work. And then at the end, he says, this is a finished work. I know it will get to the final destination. No one can try to put it along the way or to put it away from where I put him. Once he fills you with the Holy Ghost, it's all the way to the final destination. Oh, I love that. You are his product until the day of redemption. A seal is a finished thing. The Holy Ghost himself, end of quote. The Holy Ghost himself is the inspector that accepts the package. Before he seals a person, he has to make sure that everything is fine. He will not seal that car until that car is so completely packed, until it's so packed down and so in order that the shaking of the ride won't bother the product that's on the inside. He knows that the ride will take some shaking along the way. But he has confidence in you. He has confidence not actually in the flesh, but he has confidence in the seal that he put inside, the seed that he put inside of you. He wants to seal you with the Holy Ghost. He knows that no matter the shaking on the way of the road, you will make it through. Amen. As Brother Andrew said, that once you have received the Holy Ghost, is the earnest of the resurrection. He knows that the finished work will come to the rapture already. He knows that you will make it all the way to the rapture. Once he fills you with the Holy Ghost. What is the Holy Ghost? That's what's the matter that we don't get sealed so much. We are too loose about things. When the inspector goes through to inspect your life, to see if you are not just a little loose about things, a little loose about prayer life. Can I say it again? A little loose about prayer life. A little loose about temper. Little loose about tongue, to talk about others. Very easy to talk about others. Let me just emphasize a little bit that. Message believers don't have a television, but they have a lot of entertainment about talking about others. Spend a lot of time about talking about others. Says you will never seal the car. Some dirty habits, some vile things, some vulgarity mind. He can't seal the he cannot seal the car. Just in introduction to introduce here another quote here, then I'll continue what the prophet says. Actually, like that quote, I really like it. He says, Here it was evidence of the resurrection. They were talking about him when he appeared. If we would quit talking about our neighbors, quit talking about the hypocrites in the church. Don't talk about hypocrites in the church. There will always be hypocrites in the church. Don't talk about them. And talk about, but talk more about Jesus. We would have more appearing of Jesus. Talking about the fault of the preacher, talking about the fault of something else, just talk about Jesus. There will be more things happen. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. Then it will be more appearing of Jesus Christ. In our lives. 
says, but when, continuing with what is the Holy Ghost, but when he's found everything in its place, the inspector then he seals it. There be anybody open that seal until that car has reached its destination to its seal, for there it is, touch not my anointing, do my prophet no harm. For I say unto you, it's better for you that the milestone was hanged at your, at your neck, and you were drowned into the depth of the sea, than even to try to offend or shake a little of the least of these that have been sealed. You see what it means? When God seals you, he seals you all the way to the final destination. Meshiva first, the prophet says, he built it upon the revelation of who he was. He says, blessed are thou, Simon, son of Jonas, flesh and blood never revealed this to you. But my Father, which is in heaven, has revealed this to you. Not by knowledge, you didn't learn it by books. You didn't learn it by joining church. You didn't learn it in the shouts. You did. But the Holy Ghost itself has brought the person of Jesus Christ to you. Then upon this rock I build my church and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. The Holy Thirst has been satisfied in the person of Jesus Christ. There you are, the thing you want to look, you want to look for. Satisfy that thirst with that. All right, we find that we must. So it's the Holy Ghost itself that has brought the person of Jesus Christ to you. It's the Holy Ghost that gives you the revelation of Jesus Christ. He himself gives you the revelation of Jesus Christ. What is the Holy Ghost? It's your assurance. It's your protection. It's your witness. It's your seal. It's your sign that, you are, that I'm heaven bound. Don't care what the devil says. I'm heaven bound. Why? He sealed me. He gave it to me. He sealed me into his kingdom, and I'm glory bound. That's why you can say, I'm glad you know that glory bound, because he sealed me. Is there anybody else who sealed you? No, God himself, the Spirit himself, bears witness. He sealed me. Let the winds blow, the prophet, let the wind blow. Let Satan do that, what he wants. God has done, sealed me till the day of my redemption. Amen, that's what the Holy Ghost is. And oh, you should want it. You couldn't do, oh, you, shouldn't, you couldn't go on. I couldn't go on without it. And the same experience with you, you couldn't go on without the Holy Ghost. First John 5, 6, 12 says, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. It is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For that tree that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. So the Father, instead of saying the, the Son, he says the Word. So the Son and the Word are the same person. And he says the Holy Ghost and these three are one. They are one. You see one, you see the other one. They are all one. And he says, then there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. So if you receive the witness of man, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God which he had testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. You realize that the Spirit and the water and the blood is the type of the natural birth, also the type of the spiritual birth. They are not one, they just agree in one. 
The he green one and the justification, sanctification, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not. If you, have, if you can be justified without being sanctified, you can be sanctified without having the Holy Ghost. Because those three are not one. They agree in one. It's the work of the Holy Ghost, but they are not one. But I want you to draw attention here to what the Word of God is saying. But there are three here that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. But the spirit that is bearing, that they are agreeing in one, if you're a son of God, you are born again, that spirit is not your spirit, it's the capital S spirit. That spirit and the word and the blood has to agree in one. In order to bear witness and agree with one, they have to have the spirit of God. It's not be your own spirit that is controlling you, it has to be the spirit of God that is controlling the believer. That spirit and the blood and the water has to agree in one. Your flesh has to be, your flesh and my flesh has to be under the subjection of the spirit of God. Then we can say I'm agreeing with what God is saying because the Holy Spirit can only agree with the word of God. Do you agree with me? Verse 11, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. He that had the Son had life, and he that had not the Son of God had not life. So what is the Holy Ghost? It's an advocate. What is an advocate? What does he do? He makes an advocate. He has mercy. He stands in your place. He does things that you can't do. It's a propitiation for your sins. It's your righteousness. It's your healing. It's your life. It's your resurrection. It's all that God has for you. It's an advocate. It makes intercession for your ignorance. Sometimes we got the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, we ignorantly stagger into something. The Holy Spirit is there to make advocate for us. He is our advocator. He stands for, he's our attorney. He stands there and pleads for us. We don't plead for ourselves. Because it's the Holy Ghost in us pleads for us. The Holy Spirit giving utterance. Sometimes with words you cannot understand. He makes intercession for us. That's what the Holy Ghost is. What is the Holy Ghost? He's the advocate. In case you cannot, you, you, you cannot justify yourself, you cannot plead yourself, but the Holy Ghost is there pleading for you. That's what we have received. Romans 8 confirms that. 26 says, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not we should pray as far as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searcheth of the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. How does the Spirit bear witness? The prophet is answering to that question. Adoption 3 says, The Spirit itself bear witness with a spirit that we are children of God. How does it do it? You say, glory to God. Hallelujah. It doesn't bother me. I'm a child of God. And go out and do the things you do. The Spirit of God will do the works of God. How does it bear witness? The Spirit of God will do the works of God. Jesus said, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. If this vine comes forth and it produces a bunch of grapes, the next one comes forth and produces a bunch of pumpkins, there is something wrong. It's a drafted church. It's a drafted vine. It's a, grafted, 
grafted person. It's a pro if a person with some denomination belongs to a denomination and calls themselves the Christians and don't have the Holy Ghost and have the power of God and all these things, if you go out there and act like a bunch of these was drunk just because you spoke in tongues, I've seen devils speaking with tongues. Yes, sir. I've seen them dance in the spirit and shout and froth out the mouth and every else, all that. I've seen that. Um, I'm talking about, I'm talking about the spirit of God. The spirit itself bears witness with a spirit that we are children of God. I'm getting somewhere, but I'm just going to put a little bit of reading this evening, but I hope it's okay. I hope it's okay. Amen. Brother James says we need the feedback. <laughs> I'm not a pastor, but I, <laughs> I need the feedback too. <laughs> so on earth, the Holy Spirit bears witness by submitting this body. I believe on earth, the Holy Spirit bears witness to us by submitting this body to the subjection of the word of God. The prophet says, in who this makes it, when this body receives the spirit of God, the immortal life inside of you, it throws this body in subjection to God. Hallelujah. That's born of God, does not commit sin, he cannot sin. Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. They walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There you are. So that throws your body subject. You don't have to say, Oh, if I could just quit drinking, if I could just get in Christ. But he says, just get in Christ, it's all gone, see, because your body is subject to the Spirit. How that the Spirit is telling you and bearing record to you that you're a child of God, when you see the Holy Spirit having the preeminence in your life. The Holy Spirit is changing your affection. The Holy Spirit is changing the way you think. The Holy Spirit is changing your addiction. The Holy Spirit is delivering you. You see the work of the Holy Ghost in your heart. No one else can have to tell you. You know that you used to love those things. You don't love them anymore. Who's doing that? The Holy Ghost is working your life and bearing record to you and witness to you. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Do you understand everything? No, you don't understand everything. But I see that God is working in my life. I see God is moving me. I see God is making me have the interest to listen to the tapes, to stay in that atmosphere, to stay in that environment. Who's doing that job? Who's doing that work? The Holy Ghost is doing that work inside of you, putting your body into subjection to the Word of God. He is bearing witness to you that you belong to God. Then he says, it's no more subject to the things of the world. You are dead. They are dead. Your sins are buried in baptism and you are a new Christian in Christ. Your body becoming subject to the spirit. Try to live a right kind of life. Like you women claiming you got the Holy Ghost and going out here and wearing shorts and things. How could you do it? How could the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God in you ever let you do such a thing as that? It just can't do certainly. Certainly it can't be. It's not a filthy spirit. It's a Holy Spirit. And then when you become subject to the spirit, it throws your whole being subject to that spirit. And that spirit is nothing in the world, but is this seed word made manifest and quickened and hallelujah and made alive. And when the Bible says, don't do this, that body quickly turns to it. 
that what it don't talk with it the Holy Spirit will not make, has no faculty to make you reason about the word of God. The soul has no faculty of reasoning. The soul has only one faculty to accept the word of God is your son of God. So when the word of God comes to you and the Holy Spirit comes and quicken that word of God to you, you realize, oh, actually this is what it should be. And directly I do it. I remember the testimony of one brother we were fellowshipping. He says he didn't know, he didn't know that wearing shorts was the wrong thing and he used to have it and he used to have it and he used to have it. And brother, some brothers will tell him and he will just argue about it. And one time he heard the prophet saying, you know, wearing the short is a sissify spirit or something like that. He says, oh, right there. I say, oh, God, I put that thing aside because that's the word of God. Who did that? It's God inside of him that was doing the work. No, I was trying to push him. God has to reveal himself personally to him. Amen. That's what we want. We want him talking personally to each and every one of us. See, the body, he says, there's no question. And that's what it is. It's the earnest of the resurrection. This body will be raised up again because it's already started. The resurrection has already started. The translation of self even, even the body, the body subject, the fact that the body can be subject to the word of God, it's already a change even in the body. The change in how the body can be subject, I have to say it right way, but you understand what I mean. <laughs> it was once subject to sin and mire and corruption, but now it's got the earnest, it's turned heavenly. Now, that's the earnest that you are going in the rapture. You don't need emotion. You don't need all the other things because emotions come and down, come and down, come and down. And is, as, as long as we have this sticky nature, we will fall and we make mistakes here and there. But deep inside of you, you know the desire that you have inside for God. You know, God, I love you. You, you made a change in my life. You changed me. A sick person laying down, nothing helped but death, but it's, this all can happen. I've seen the shadows of people down, eat up with cancer and tuberculosis, and seen them person a little while, and he continued to show the earnest of the resurrection because healing is, is the earnest of the resurrection. Romans 8, 11, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. By what? By the spirit that dwelleth in you. He will quicken your mortal body by the same spirit who is himself inside of you. That's what will quicken you to the resurrection. That's why we are part of the resurrection already because we have already been raised from the dead. From the inside, we used to be dead in denominations, but we have been quickened, and now we are part of the resurrection. The prophet will say, we are already in our Easter. <laughs> Glory to God. I'll skip something here to save time. Now, as we read in Romans 8, the same spirit beareth witness that the spirit that we are the children of God. Galatians 4, 1 to 7 says, Now I say that the heir, as long as his child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but under is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Even so, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that were 
that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because he has sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son. So the spirit that we are receiving, the spirit of the son of God, into your heart crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant by a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. I believe we used to be servants under the law. And we can even be on the message, I mentioned last time, you can even be on the message and we take the message as a law. As long as it's a law, it means you are still serving the message as a servant. Serving as a servant, and as you know, as a servant, the servant has a lot of things that he has to justify to be a servant, you know. Because a servant is not, is not a nature, is not a statue, it's just something that is being given to you. A son or a daughter can never prove to his father that he's a son, or is a daughter by the works. But the servant has to prove to, his, to the master that he's still a servant by the works. So that's the difference. A son doesn't have to prove that he's a son by the works, but the servant has to prove that he's a son, that he's a, is a servant by the works that he do. The evidence of God, that's why the evidence of the Holy Ghost is not the fruits, is not the works, but the evidence is the accepting the message of the hour the word of God revealed to you by the hour, if you accept it and becomes a revelation to you, it will produce works. It will do works for you. But if you go the other way around, a servant has serious problems of relationship with his master because a servant easily will go into eye service. He only do a work only when someone is looking at him. A servant will try to do things only to please someone when they are looking at him. But a son is a son by birth. You cannot take that quality of a son because he is a son by birth. That's what the message is trying to put to us, is to bring to that level where you live with God, not to, for eye service, not to please someone, not to please your parents, not to please the deacon, not to please someone else, but you do that because you have a relationship with your father. You have a relationship with God. A servant has a problem of ownership, of accountability. Jesus Christ will take that example of a shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, but he that is a harling, not a shepherd whose own sheep are not, when he sees the wolf coming, he will run away. A servant, when there is a little bit of difficulties, a little bit of trials, like Lot was taken away when he followed Abraham, he was not part of the call, but he was following. When a little bit of difficulties came up, he went for the easy path. But Abraham stayed on the call, God, where you lead me, I will go. Wherever you lead me, I will go. A servant will go for the easy path, but the Son of God will follow what the Father is telling him. He will always be after the father's business. And the father's business is the word of the hour for time. We stay in the revelation of our time. No matter the difficulties, you stay with the word of God. A servant doesn't like correction. He's like an illegitimate, illegit illegitimate child. But a son can stand correction because he has no other place to go. <laughs> He will always stay with the Father. Oh, praise be to God. I've built all that to get to one point. But I won't even have time to go into 
I want to read this quote of the prophet. It says, The modern events are made clear by prophecy. It says, We find today that people, that many people that just don't believe it, even spirit-filled people. I'm going to give you one that will choke you. The baptism of the Holy Ghost doesn't mean you are going in. Not at all. Not, all, not on that. Don't have anything to do with your soul. It's the baptism. Here is the inside soul in here that has to come from God. But when on the outside you have five senses inlet to your contact, your earthly home, the inside you have a spirit, and here you have five outlets, your conscience and love, and the fourth and fourth, five outlet to that spirit. Remember, in that spirit you can be baptized with the genuine spirit of God and still be lost. It's the soul that lives that was ordained of God. So the tricky part is, as you hear this, the, the expression of the prophet, sorry if I'm not giving justice to it, I'm making, but I, I just want to make this comment here. And he says again, it works that his faith is spread. The Spirit can come out and anoint you to do certain things, and you do it, but that don't mean you are saved. Think of it. Caiaphas prophesied, Judas cast out devils. See, the Spirit anointed him. The rain falls on the just and the unjust. The weeds can rejoice with the wheat. It's what it is at the core. Skipping here and then goes at the end. says, Christians can act like they are Christians, act and be ever so good at it, but they don't mean they are saved. That's exactly right. The Spirit can be there, the real, genuine Spirit. The Holy Spirit can anoint you. That still doesn't mean you are saved. It's that inside soul that never dies. It's God eternal life that always was eternal life. See, it comes from God. It goes to God. It's the soul. So what the prophet is saying here, that's very important, it says you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost and still be lost. Doesn't mean, it means, and he's, he himself is explaining it so well, it means you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost only in the spirit realm. If it's not the baptism of the soul, you can still be lost. So the message is bringing us not only the baptism of the spirit on the spirit realm, it's coming to give us the baptism in the very soul inside because you remember the third pool is not to deal with the spirit realm. The third pool is coming to deal with the soul directly. So God is coming to baptize us with himself, with the Holy Spirit, into the soul, into the soul, into the inner part. Once you are sealed with the Holy Ghost in the inner part, you can never, never, never be lost. That's where God is interested. And that's why we are so privileged. Why? Because the, the word that we have received is dealing with the soul part of our whole being. It's coming to deal with the soul part to restore back to where we used to be, to what the mind of God used to have of us. That's where the message is coming to do. That's where the Holy Ghost is coming to do. That's where the witness has to happen. It's not the witness on the mind. It's not the witness on the flesh. It's the witness on the very soul of the inside to know that you know that you know that I'm a son and daughter of God. Because even the prophet used to think that the evidence of the Holy Ghost was this or that or was the love, but the evidence of the Holy Ghost was, was the evidence of the Holy Ghost is to receive the message of the hour, 
to receive the message of the hour in the soul. I'll finish with this. me. In fact, Jesus Christ gave as the evidence of the Holy Ghost, John 14, 26, by the comforter which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. Bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said unto you. John 15, 26, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth shall proceed from the Father, he shall testify of me. John 16, 13, howbeit when the Spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, for whatsoever he shall hear, you shall, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Exposition of the seven churches. When God is silent, we had better be silent. When he has spoken, we had better speak too and say what he has already said. He told us the evidence of what would happen after being baptized with the Holy Ghost was that we would have the teacher come and teach all truth. But that teacher was an inside teacher, not an outside teacher. If the Spirit wasn't inside, you wouldn't hear the truth and receive it by revelation. If the Spirit is not inside, you wouldn't hear the truth and receive it by revelation. So I just want to make a balance here. The prophet is not against the teacher or the fivefold ministry, but he's showing beyond the fivefold ministry, each one of us needs to have the inside teacher to hear what the Word of God is saying. The inside, not the outside. If the spirit wasn't inside, you wouldn't hear the truth and receive it by revelation. If you heard it every moment of the day, that was the sign of the indwelling spirit in the day of Paul. Those who were filled with the Holy Ghost heard the word, received it and lived by it. Received it and lived by it. Those who did not have the spirit heard it only as a carnal man, put, it, uh, put a wrong interpretation on it, went into it, in every age, and every age is the age of the Holy Ghost for the true believer. I say in every age, the evidence was the same. Those who had the Spirit, the teacher, heard the, vo heard the word, and that Spirit in them took the word and taught it revealed to them. So they heard the word. As we come in the church, as you listen to the tapes, as, as you listen, or you're, you're streaming, you hear the word, but the inside teacher has to speak to you again. He has to, he has to explain to you. He has to reveal to you. He has to make it plain to you. Without that, you are missing it. Or I'm missing it. And that spirit in them took the word and told it revealed to them. And the way of the group that heard the messenger and his message and took it and leave it. So what brought me in that, and I want to share with you as I'm closing, what me think about this is, if you listen to the questions and answers, as the prophet is speaking, there's some very good questions. It's good to listen to questions and answers. I like to listen to questions. And some of the questions, I'll take just an example here. It says, I have a lunch counter and serve high school children for the most part since coming into the light. I've taken the pinball machine and the, excuse me, the word, the jukebox. They... The G-Box out. The youngsters do smoke and they won't do rock and roll music on the radio. And I open only about four hours a day. I do not 
I do not hold smoking and drinking. I'm, I'm, I'm worried in holding the place. You know, that's a problem. See, the thing of it, you maybe have to make a living, and the prophet is answering. But the prophet, he comes to the point where he said to the, said to the sister, says, you do whatever the Lord leads you. And he leaves it like that. Another question, the first question I pulled out, Brother Banam, is it wrong for a Christian to put her hair in pin curls? What length should her sleeves be? Thank you, a sister. The prophet is answering, answering, and I come to the point. Says, the length of the sleeves, I think being a Christian, God will tell you what to do about those things. You see? I believe as a Christian person, you'd know about how to do, how to do that. I don't think God cuts any certain lengths or whatever it is. Then I came to think, God, sometimes things are not white and black, black and white. And the prophet leaves that liberty. You have, the, the Holy Spirit will lead you. The Holy Spirit will lead you. The Holy Spirit will teach you or follow what the Spirit leads I came to ask my question, Lord, I want that the Holy Spirit that reveals me the thought of God or the mind of God or the word of God, the one that bears witness into my heart and tells me what is the right thing to do, not the one, I'm not saying that different spirit, uh, Holy Spirit, because it can be very tricky and be deceived by thinking that a certain spirit that leads you in a certain way is the Holy Ghost. You need to find the Holy Ghost that tells you the right thing to do. Am I explaining correctly? Brother Banam is preaching in South Africa. He's preaching the message, he's preaching the message, he's preaching the message. Then there were some women who were naked there. He was not rebuking them. You have to wear this way, you have to wear He's just preaching the message. But once they received the Holy Ghost, they had to hide themselves. God, I want that spirit, the Holy Ghost, that can teach people without necessarily emphasizing on certain things. But the Holy Spirit, the inside teacher, is teaching you how to wear clothes, how to behave, how to live, how to spend time. How to educate yourself about the time you spend in games and things. Let, that holy, let, us, let us be so sensitive to that true Holy Spirit of God that has to bear witness to the things that He wants us to do. How to behave, how to respond. It's, it's not necessarily white and black, black and white in the message or in the Bible, but I want that the Holy Ghost that can lead me in the details of life the way He wants us to go. Because only Himself has to bear witness to you and I on the things we have to do. Did I make it plain? May God bless you. That's what I want. Musicians can come. <laughs> That's what a long way to come to a conclusion, but I want the Holy Spirit himself to teach us. And we live it sometimes. We don't, we're not, I don't want to say we are too spiritual or anything, but sometimes you respond a certain way to your wife or, or to a brother. You just feel something. I felt checked on that. Oh, God, I want more of that. How does it build that?
Stay in prayer. Stay in reading the Word of God. Stay in that right atmosphere. Let that Holy Spirit speak to heart to us more and more. Amen. Oh, I want that kind of blessing. I want, I want that kind of blessing that saves and keeps and satisfies the soul. I want, I want that full salvation till the billows of heaven o'er me roll. When Jacob met the Lord upon the that kind of blessings Amen. because the comforter is here what is the secret just surrender to him more and more surrender to the Holy Ghost more and more stay in prayer more and more Jesus had to stay in prayer to stay in fellowship with the Father Amen. not a rebuke I'm just saying in order to be sensitive sometimes it takes that the comforter he bites he abides he bites I'm rejoicing night and day as I walk the pilgrim way for the hand of God in all my life I see and the reason 
Bye.